This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 8778 Hope and Y. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 112. Today is Thursday, August 10th, and it is desperate times. So we've got a show dedicated to the desperate ads that could help your fantasy baseball teams down the home stretch. Uh, Steve, it's that time of year where it's looking pretty thin out there. And unfortunately, it might just be me, but I feel like there is a lot of injury coinciding with what's already a thin waiver wire. So this feels like the scramble to the top of the mountain. Uh, you know, a lot of, lot of things can go wrong if they haven't already for your teams. And that's why we're doing this show today, to, to look at where we can find any possible glimmer of hope. And the good news is there is a nice list of names here. Uh, with, a, with a wide array of roster ship percentages, so it should be a lot of fun. We're going to talk through uh, about as many names as we have all year on an episode, so it's going to be a little bit lightning style, but very excited to have you guys with us. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I am at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. Steve, I know we were talking offline, man. I have the injury bug. And a lot of my teams are still in it. So this this is a very uh, relevant episode for me today. But how are we doing out there, man? Yeah, it's definitely desperate times. And there's definitely been a lot of injury bugs going around, especially on the pitching side. But that being said, it's also like that guy did what in August and September time, right? Like you, yeah. You, it's, yeah. it's easy to get lost in the shuffle because guys have uh, a, a large bulk of plate appearances and a hot two weeks doesn't swing the stat line as much and it's harder to see on the surface numbers and you really have to dig down into it and look into splits even though that can get messy but hey when you're looking for desperate ads and for for streaky guys or for surprising guys for the stretch run that's what you have to do um, and I think we have a list of really really good names which which is fun i'm excited to get into it and yeah like you said a a long one so uh excited to talk some names and maybe give you some some guys that could still be out there uh i i know that that's kind of what inspired this episode with with your injury bug and some guys that you scrambled to add and some sneaky good performances so maybe we'll uncover a few more 
So I'd say it's a funny story, but it's more laughing while crying that I went on an Ozarks bachelor party, which is big in the Midwest, Steve. It's kind of the go-to where people hit the, the Ozarks. I've, I've seen the, the show. TV I've show. seen the show. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's not quite as dark or like drug heavy in, in real life, but it is. It's a party spot. You get on the boats, all that. It's one of my best friends getting married. So a lot of fun. While that was happening, uh, just, you know, you're glimpsing at your roster. You're not doing too many deep dives until I saw that I had Joe Musgrove, Joe Ryan both hit the IL. And I'm like, you know, weeks away, two weeks away from the playoffs. So I'm thinking I got to bolster my my roster. Saturday morning, I wake up in the Ozarks and see that a manager has offered me Carlos Rodon, a healthy Carlos Rodon, for my Christian and Encarnacion strand. And I have a lot of bats, and I just had the two guys go down on the IL. I accept the trade and make like two other corresponding moves to the roster. And Rodon gets on the IL as well. So now I'm very depleted on pitching. Uh, luckily, I added Chase Silseth on Saturday. And that's probably our, our segue because we don't want to wallow about my roster the whole show. That Silseth is the first name that we were going to talk through here. So Silseth, it, it couldn't, have, couldn't have worked out better. And, and you called it early on this season, Steve, when we brought him up. Uh, I remember the awful... Uh, phonetic pun of Chase Filthseth, uh, but he has been lately in his past three starts since rejoining the rotation, 17 and two-thirds innings, 26 strikeouts, including the 12 strikeout outing on Sunday, uh, just three walks in that time, a 2.04 ERA. So Silseth is uh, definitely surging here and just 27% rostered in Yahoo, surprisingly, Numbers up quite a bit higher on fan tracks at 50%, but talk to me about Silseth. He's got the Astros this week. That'll be a big test, but it does seem like, in a way, he's he's kind of turning a corner in a way that we were hoping uh, guys like his teammate, Reed Detmers, would, who is also on my roster. So talk to me about why uh, I can be a little excited about the backfill here. Every time I see him, I still call him Chase Filth Seth. I, I don't know if that was our pun or if that's a, a Nick Pollock thing, but uh, you, you mentioned something on the Discord. On the, yeah, on the yeah. Discord. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he does have really good stuff. And since he came back uh, into the rotation post All Star break, he has a new slider uh, with increased usage. Um, there's less velo and more movement on it. Um, he's throwing his fastball a bit harder, and he has a split finger which has been amazing and gets a ton, a ton of whiffs. Um, I know split fingers and changeups don't grade out that well on Stuff Plus, and Nick Pollock rightfully isn't as big a fan of a split finger as, as other pitches because it's so hard to control. So that could lead to some of the volatility with, with Silseth, but he does look like a different pitcher uh, over the last three starts. Um, 27K is in 17 innings, like, Anyone that does that over any stretch deserves your attention, and you pair that with just three walks, and I'm super interested. Um, I'm actually kind of excited that he has Houston this weekend because, not because it's it's obviously a hard matchup, and you know I, I wouldn't expect like the results that he had the last few starts, but it might be uh, people might look at it and say, okay, hey, thanks for the stream. I am not going to start you versus Houston, um, but. 
I would definitely start him versus the Rays um, and then the Mets and A's, like you said, with his schedule. Um, the Rays on the road are a totally different animal than, than at home. So um, if you can hold it, hold them through Houston, if you don't have to start him, that's great. Um, you know, in deeper leagues, I'm still starting him. I think this was uh, – was his last start Monday or was that part of a two-start week? I, I'm forgetting. I think it was, sun- I think it was Sunday. Sunday. Okay, so it wasn't a two-step um, this week. Um, so you'll have the luxury of just benching him in like those weekly leagues. I'm sure many people already did because of that matchup, but, uh, you know, he might've got dropped in shallower leagues because it's a tough matchup and, and rosters where, you know, 10, 12 team leagues where you're churning and burning, it could provide an opportunity to scoop him up, throw him on your bench or start him. If you, if you, you know, in a head to head league, if you need strikeouts and have your ratios locked up one way or the other, it's, it's still a good play. Um, he's the case have been there in bunches obviously yeah and if i mean obviously the volume is is low with just 36 and a third innings on the season but if he qualified in terms of the season long stats his pitcherless page has his 57 sorry his 57 percent ground ball rate is eighth in the majors um so that is great to see in addition to the strikeouts you know that Angels is always a little bit frustrating from like a volume standpoint, but yeah, the swing and miss stuff, his CSW would be 13th in the league and yeah, really promising for, for a guy who's just 23 years old. So if he does get touched up a bit against the Astros on the road, he also has the Rays next week. So that might be, you know, kind of a bleak uh, write up on like his notes page. People might drop, but I would add if he does look, uh, you know, okay against the Astros or the Rays, because after Rays that he's got— Rays on the got, road. Rays on the road are a lot different than at home. They're much better at home offensively. That's true. And, and then after that, he's got the Mets on the road and the Athletics on the road. So it's going to look better uh, probably on like the, you know, either in your head-to-head playoffs or down the home stretch of your regular season. Um, so Silseth— should stick around in the rotation even after Griffin Canning gets healthy if as long as he doesn't completely implode. So very good bet. At, again, just 27% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, moving right along, Cole Reagans, another guy who kind of caught us all by surprise where his last outing looked terrific uh, at that one. I believe, what, another double-digit strikeout? Was it 10 or 12 that he Ele- had. 11, night. I think. Yeah, you split the difference between split that. Split the difference. So at the at the Red Sox, six and two-third innings of scoreless ball with an 11 strikeout outing. Uh, yeah, one 135 ERA, 0.75 whip there at the Red Sox. And Reagans came over to the Royals in that Aroldis Chapman trade. And since he's been with Kansas City, he has had a tw- or 22 strikeouts over 17 and two-thirds and a 102 ERA. So, Steve, uh, did you have a beat on Cole Reagans? Because this name is brand new to my Rolodex, and I'm trying to grasp like what kind of pitcher we're looking at here. Not to toot my own horn, but I did, and mostly because of the Pitcherless Discord. Um, another shameless plug to, to join there. It's, it's well worth it because you, you know about guys like Cole Reagans in April um, when he— doesn't even have good results uh, in the minors but the stuff has been impressive and like you know when he was brought up as uh, a bulk guy for texas got a few starts here and there um people were interested and and rightfully so with the results that we're seeing now but um you know 
the velocity and the raw stuff was interesting. He has a really nasty changeup, five-pitch mix, um, and he added a slider when he moved to Kansas City. Um, you don't think of that, you know, Kansas City with all of their failed pitching prospects. You don't think of uh, them as a team that could, you know, tweak a pitcher's arsenal and, and have a breakout, but, hey, it's, it's happening with Reagans and the Royals. Um only thr- 27 sliders thrown over his three starts, but it's got a 47.1% whiff percentage. So basically half the time players are, batters are swinging at it, they're missing. Um, the changeup is just absolutely insane. Again, you're not going to see the amazing stuff plus grades on that because of the changeup, but go watch the, the condensed game or the, the 11 strikeout highlight on like the MLB uh, at-bat app for Reagans, and you'll just see like this hard dropping change up and then you know cutters and fastballs dotted at the top of the zone there was also a great like breakdown from nick pollock where he was just like screaming yes the whole time that was basically his analysis <laughs> um watching that reagan start first the red sox so um yeah i am absolutely in on both Silseth and reagan's i'd probably lean reagan's a little bit more just because i think the arsenal is a little bit deeper there's more fastball velocity and i think you know uh, there, there, there's. I think it's a higher floor. Um, both these guys might have. That being said, both these guys might have low floors just because we've seen that recently with Silseth and Reagans, where they're like not usable in major league rotations. But it looks like breakouts are happening for both these guys. I would just slightly lean Reagans. Yeah, the walk rate for both of them is is a little bit of a concern, north of ten percent. Uh, yeah, Reagan's, like you said, had the development of a slider in Kansas City is is pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, I just he kind of slipped under the radar. Him having nine nine starts in 2022, um, if that's right. And hey, Steve, right here, we you talked last week about the uh, savant similar pitcher thing and how we don't read too much into that. Good thing because. They got my boy on there for Cole Reagan's Humberto Castellanos, 2022. Uh, one of the worst calls <laughs> I've had on the show uh, with, with uh, you know, a gift-worthy curve for Castellanos. But, yeah, Reagan's, um, I mean, it looks impressive, honestly. A, a lot of the swing and miss stuff and just the depth of, of his pitch mix. You know, this could be a really good kind of sleepy name in, in the offseason if he has a sure rotation and – you know, just watching in, in the off season because this time of year, some people are checked out. So yeah. this, this is a good one. If both of these guys have, you know, not saying that they're going to repeat their last, you know, three starts and 17 innings each, but if they have like a mid three ZRA with good strikeouts, like it's going to, they're going to be very interesting names for the back end of drafts, uh, next year. Um, uh, yeah, they probably just, already they probably already are. Like honestly, with, oh yeah, with this much of a sample, like I'm already interested for this year and beyond. Yeah, that's enough. And and trying to look at like uh, what's changed. I mean the, the the massive massive velo bump on the fastball from 92 miles per hour last year to 96.2 average velocity this year. And the whiff rate's gone from 12% up to 25.5%, which is great for a fastball. So 
yeah, like it for Reagan's 25 years old, uh, and we'll see what he does from here with the Royals. His upcoming starts for those interested in the stream uh, versus the Cards at the Cubs, at the Athletics, and then home against the Pirates. So really nice lineup Juicy. there, to be honest. At home, yeah. too, I think, in two of those starts. So in pitching in Kansas City versus those teams. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and the Cardinals, the the Cardinals and Cubs are are good offenses, um, you know, depending on your word good, uh, your definition mm-hmm. of good. But I, I'm still starting him basically in, at, in all of those games. Yeah, and you'll love, again, kind of same as Silseth, if the Cards and the Cubs kind of go wobbly and somebody drops the added, just know you got the Athletics and the Pirates after that. So it would be a nice little bounce back for Reagan. So. Uh, speaking of the Cubs, the next one we wanted to hit on is not an up-and-comer. It's Jamison Tyone, who, uh, yeah, 40% rostered in Yahoo, much higher in fan tracks at 73%. But Tyone is coming off of a terrific outing on Tuesday versus the Mets. Uh, seven innings of two-run ball, seven strikeouts, and a .43 whip for Tyone. So from June 2nd, his last 12 starts, he has looked terrific. Uh, it, I mean, for Tyone standards, because it's kind of found money for a guy who's very much in the glob. Uh, but Steve, talk to me about Jamison Tyone. Do you think this is a steady enough streamer down the home stretch where, you know, you could get away with uh, plugging him in the rotation for some starts? He has been a great back end of the fantasy rotation option since June 2nd, and it's pretty much hard to tell that because I think, like, his season ERA is still like well above five, which is crazy because since June 2nd, in those 12 starts, 69.2 innings pitch, he's had a 388 ERA. So close to 70 innings of a 388 ERA, and his season long is still over five. Like that goes to show you how bad he was um, in the first two months of the season. And he's still out there, like in my 14 team home league. Like he's been streamed here and there, but. He's still out there and, like, I think should be a decent option and rostered. And Fantrax, I know there's a lot of daily leagues on Fantrax, so that ownership percentage changes a good amount. Um, And that start versus the Mets was Tuesday as we record this on Wednesday night. So um, that was probably bumped up. I think it's a two-start week, too, so um, that's why that's a little inflated. So he might be available um, in more leagues. And, hey, after this two-step, it you know, people are, are, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and throwing back to the wire. It's still something to pay attention to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be the Ks. It's just the 57 Ks in, in 69 innings. Um, 19 walks isn't great either, but there's been seven wins because the, the Cubs have been good. Um, four quality starts, and, you know, hey, uh, you'll take 69 innings of a 388 ERA. It's not going to hurt your... Uh, ERA and, and good matchups should hurt, hurt, help your ratios. Um, and there's some good win factor in there as well. So I think Talion is worth a second look despite the ghastly uh, surface stats and year-long numbers for him. Yeah, and the April, May, just looking at, at some tweaks there, he was throwing the, the sinker like 16% of the time, 20% of the time, and then since that hot stretch that you're talking about, Steve, that's, I mean, it's, it's not really a streak at this point. It's, it's, you know, almost two and a half months here. Uh, the sinker, he cut it at least in half. It's been around 7%. So 
So really ditch that in favor of his fastball and cutter. Um, and yeah, those have been good pitches. I mean, in, in, you know, the past month, the, the fastball's got like a 188 batting average against. Um, so that's good signs that he's making tweaks. And honestly, it's surprising just because Tyone was so good and then he had the long injury absence. Kind of forget that he's just 31 years old. Like to me, I know we were just talking about James Paxton last week, who's I think 34 or 35. Like I almost lumped the two together. together. But Tyone, uh, he might still have some mileage on him. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm looking at the 517 ERA that you're talking about, and like I don't think that really shows what kind of pitcher he is. That now that he's finding his groove a little bit, so uh, I like it for Tyone, and he's another guy who's got. Some tasty matchups. He's got the White Sox next, then it's at Detroit, and then it's at Pittsburgh. And then he goes to Cincinnati against the Reds, which is a little bit of a tough one. But uh, yeah, definitely some stream-worthy and possibly beyond that for for Jamison Tyone there. Uh, moving on to Cutter Crawford, who, yeah, we've we've been excited about Crawford for a while just because of the, the swing and miss and the upside, but he's another one that just doesn't, like whether it's Tanner Houck or Cutter Crawford, like it seems like they've got guys who are knocking at the door with potential, but it's not really panning out compared to like a a Brian Bayo or or guys like James Paxton that have found results. Uh, So Crawford, 38% rostered in Yahoo leagues, 59% in fan tracks. Uh, But talk to me about Crawford, Steve, because it's still a guy that you see out there and you kind of, light up at the chance of getting like a seven, eight strikeout game that could really help you in a week. Yeah. I'm still excited though, Crawford. Um, the swing and miss is just so, so good. And I'm just a sucker for that. Like the, the last game on Tuesday versus the Royals is like a perfect example. He just went 3.1 innings pitch, three earned runs, but he had six strikeouts and was the leader in the day, you know, on the, the baseball savant, like, leaderboards. He had the most swing and misses in just 3.1 innings pitch. He had 20 of <laughs> That's them. That's crazy. That, like, sums up Cutter Crawford to a T. Um, but I'm just always going to be a sucker for these these types of profiles. Like, there, there are some red flags. The the velocity's fallen off when since he's coming into the rotation and switched from the pen and really hasn't been able to go very deep into games. But, you know, he's increased the cutter usage. Um that's led to more whiffs and like it's just a great strikeout play like it just seems like guys like this are always one tweak away from unlocking how to get through like that second turn in the order like you know it reminds me of like pre-breakout freddie peralta right where he had like this one pitch that he was striking out a bunch of people but couldn't go more than a few innings couldn't make it turn over the lineup um but you know, um, it, it's hard because sometimes those guys are just meant for the bullpen and to be a bulk guy. But um, until that's like the book is written on that, I'm still going to be interested in, in taking flyers on Cutter Crawford. Like I saw in a lot of leagues, he was dropped after that Royal start. And, you know, I might be right back in uh, considering the amount of whiffs that he's able to get uh, in, in, in just three and a, three and a, three innings and a third. Yeah, and the Royals have some kind of streaking hitters yeah, right now. Yeah, we'll talk we'll about talk them about on the back it. half of the yep. show. Uh, but before that outing, it was at Seattle, five scoreless, five Ks. Uh, and before that, at the Giants, where he got the win and had seven strikeouts in five and two-thirds. So 
uh, and just one run given up on that one. So, yeah, I, I, I like it here. Um, unfortunately, in in terms of the streaming, you do have you do have the Tigers and then at the Yankees, which is nice. But it's kind of the inverse of uh, Silseth and Reagan's where he's got two good ones and then he's got at Houston and then home against Houston. So uh, it might be better to, yeah, yeah, look look near term for Crawford and he'd really have to kind of prove that he's turning the corner for me to have confidence like going into the playoffs and rolling him out there against the Astros back to back. But yeah, I'm with you on the big picture though, Steve. It definitely feels like any number of those names. I mean, even like, Jesus Lazardo or, or, you know, pre-breakout where it's like you see some of these outings that, you know, seven Ks and five innings, things like that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, he's got a pretty deep arsenal as well, which is nice. It's not just like a, a one pitch or a two pitch pitcher. So I think Crawford has, has potential and he's still got time to put it together. I mean, 27, he's not too young, but like you said, he's, he's just getting used to, I mean, he hasn't even had, 30 starts in his career. So I think we got to give him a little bit of a uh, grace period there. So moving on to uh, San Francisco Giants, Ross Stripling, who is uh, just 18% rostered in Yahoo leagues, 45 and fan tracks and Stripling. You double take when you look at the Giants rotation, because I think they have three listed starters right now. And it's like, like I have no idea what's happening out there, Steve. Are they just doing their, and they're a, contending and they're good competing team. yeah yeah crazy yeah crazy. It's, it's like just, the rays of the west yeah and then some it's just three starters kind of listed so anyway stripling uh for all the mediocrity we've seen he he's on uh another little stint here of of giving us hope of of the the days of old past four starts uh 26 and a third innings a 342 era and 21 strikeouts in that time so not quite the K percentage you're looking for, but uh, still we're looking for help anywhere we can find it. And like you said, it's a good team there. Uh, do you see reason for hope with Ross Stripling here? Or, or is it kind of, you know, deep, deep in the glob? Stripling, like, always does this. He's such a tinkerer. I think there was a quote when he was with Toronto that, you know, he f- figured out something about, like, his windup or mechanics that was leading to tipping pitches or, you know, uh, there's always a tweak in his arsenal, like more fastball, less fastball, um, whatever whatever the change is. There's always a, a tinker and then a good stretch. And I think this might be a good stretch for Stripling. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that, you know, aren't under his control that are beneficial. The fact that he pitches half his game in San Francisco, has a good team. Um, so it's easy to, to get behind him as a stream and maybe more of like a team streamer type of thing What that Paul Sporer says with Ross Stripling where you, you stream him in the good matchups and keep him on the bench for the tougher ones. Um, but as far as what's actually going on, um, he's throwing the fastball less, throwing more change-ups and more sliders and sinkers. The fastball on the, the velocity on the fastball is actually up a mile an, a mile an hour from April, which is, which is nice um, for a guy that isn't... Uh, like a flamethrower or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Every mile an hour matters. So um, you like to see that, you know, he's throwing pitches that are doing better, more adding velocity. Um, those are things that you can get behind when you see a little stretch like this. Um, and out of that 27, inning, 26 innings pitched over the last four starts, uh, the most impressive thing to me is no walks, which 
is really, really helpful, especially for a guy that you know is a middling K rate, um, does give up some hits and homers. Like if you can limit one aspect or one way of runners getting on, that that's super, super helpful. Um, so yeah, I, I like Stripling, and he's got a decent upcoming schedule. Um, not too great, but also you know uh, a, a few starts that you might want to throw him. And especially if you're looking for for innings and maybe uh, to help your ratios or to get a cheap win here or there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out with Stripling for sure because the the next one is uh, home versus the Rangers, then home versus the Rays. But like you said, they're not not quite themselves on the road. And then it's at Philly and home versus the Reds, which is is better than at the Reds. So kind of a a tough run, but if he does come out looking uh, like he's continuing this good run against the Rangers. I'd probably be willing to say we've seen enough to, to where you could kind of look at him as, you know, no more than like an SP six in your rotation, but a lot of teams need that right now. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's tripling. I think it's, it's one to watch, especially like you mentioned, Steve, with the, the pitch mix change, a less fastball, more of that change up, which looks filthy. If you go out on, on Twitter and look at some of the gifts out there like that, that pitch is dialed in right now. So if he keeps the feel for that, uh, and can survive the Rangers, I think I'd be willing to, to go raise Phillies reds there. So, uh, moving to a red Brandon Williamson, uh, kind of a deeper one here, just 9% rostered in Yahoo leagues, 37 and fan tracks. And yeah, Williamson has, has kind of been, uh, quietly really productive for the reds with his last five starts. Uh, 28 and two thirds innings, uh, 345 ERA in that time, uh, and 26 strikeouts. So, you know, pretty close to a strikeout per inning. Uh, talk to me about Williamson, Steve. I feel like he's probably the red that gets slept on, uh, the most, at least on the pitching side, but reason for excitement here. Yeah. The reds have like somehow put together a viable, at least contending rotation without Hunter green and without Nicodolo which is pretty crazy. And also Graham Ashcraft for like a stretch of the, the season, um, putting up like a nine ERA. Uh, I know he's been a lot better recently, um, but credit to them. And Brendan Williamson's been a, a part of it, at, at least recently. Um, there's been some really impressive starts, a nine strikeout outing versus Miami, a seven strikeout outing versus um, the Cubs. Um, so... It, 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 there's there's been some good stuff. There is some concern though, um, with the walks. There's been ten walks in those twenty eight innings. Um, four of those though came in five and two thirds innings pitched versus the Dodgers. Um, so it's it's not all bad. And that that start wasn't even that bad. I think he only gave up like one or two runs um, versus the Dodgers. But um, he's added a tick of velocity on the fastball and the cutter. Um, the cutter's getting more whiffs, um, and it's probably a decent stream. Um, you know, I know it's not great to have a, a back end of the rotation guy pitching Great American Ballpark, but um, you know, like like the title of the episode says, it's, it's desperate times. So um, Williams is probably out there in in your league. Just nine percent on Yahoo, thirty seven percent on Fan Track. So. Um, worth a stream at least in in the good matchups and he does have some good ones coming up 
Yeah, at Pittsburgh, home against the Blue Jays You're is a tough skip one there. That. Yeah, yeah. Yep, at, at the D-backs, uh, which is tougher these days, but at the Giants. I think when I look at that like four pack next to Ross Stripling and, and just these two players in general, I think I kind of lean Williamson. I think here. you're right. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Based on match matchups as a tiebreaker, definitely. But yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. and then and then if you threw Crawford in that mix, Steve, between Stripling, Williamson, and Crawford, how would how would you rank that three? I mean, the the back end at Houston versus Houston for Crawford. In a vacuum, I would go Crawford just for the case, even though that's probably the riskier play just due to innings limitations with Crawford. Um, but I like the K upsides. Um, I, I'd have to stay away from the at Houston versus Houston and, and yeah. lean Williamson. But I think I would go Crawford over Stripling just because unless I like absolutely needed you know, wins or and, and, just, and just ratios and not necessarily mm-hmm. Ks, um, then I would go Stripling, but um, I'd probably go Williamson, Crawford, then Stripling. And then the first group, Silseth, Reagans, Tyone. Uh, how would you how would you group that three or rank that three? Reagans, Silseth, Tyone. Okay. Okay. Some honorable mentions we just didn't have time to to squeeze in, guys. Uh, Emerson Hancock, uh, the the call up for the Mariners. It. He has more potential than he's been kind of playing up. I know he's he's been a big prospect name. Uh, now, in terms of us recording right now, I believe his debut is underway, and it looks like yeah, he's already kind of having some trouble in the in the first inning. So we'll see what happens there for Emerson Hancock, but that's a good new name. And then uh, also Wade Miley uh, has been putting in some some pretty good results for the Brewers. He's kind of in that ballpark of like Cutter Crawford range, but he might be available. And then uh, timeline on John Means, which is a name. Uh, he's been cleared for a rehab assignment. Uh, so yeah, I think they've got him projected end of August. But for you know roto leagues where you're playing all through September, just keep John Means on the watch list because we don't know what what we're gonna see uh, for Means coming off of TJ. Uh, probably, you know, going to be more just to, to get him some reps and they'll focus on next year. But yeah, John Means always uh, a tempting option as well. So we've got our hitters on deck here, folks, with the same kind of format, but we're going to take our first ad break and we'll be right back. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. 
Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so Steve, jumping into the hitters, we kind of teased out the Royals and uh, how, how they've been on kind of a hot stretch. So we got to talk about a kind of a WAF name here, at least on the reserves. Michael Massey is someone that we've liked uh, for a while just for in terms of the contact skills. Uh, you know, he usually has a decent plate discipline, and I believe he's a product of uh, University of Illinois. Yeah, sh- line sh- out here. shout out to uh, my sister's boyfriend, Ross. He was a tennis player at uh, Illinois. Wow, uh, I went to uh, they went to the Sweet Sixteen, I believe his his uh, senior year. Oh, he'll have to correct me on that, but yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to tell you that. But uh, there you go. There's your news on. Uh, it came up on the show. Yeah, well, TJ, yeah. our uh, WA faithful listener, is is saying I and I on the other side yeah. of this because he's a he's an alumnus and, and a, a big big fan. So. Uh, Massey is who we're talking about, and he is hot in the past 30 days in 815 OPS. Uh, the batting average in that time is a 230, but he's kind of had some tough luck with that. And yeah, in the past week or so, it's looked much better for Michael Massey. Uh, Steve, very, very available, just 3% rostered in Yahoo. And yeah, he's coming off of a, a four game hit streak. And as we record this yesterday on Tuesday night, had a double, a homer, and three RBIs at Boston. So uh, talk to me about Michael Massey. Do you think that there's a, a little bit of contribution he can give down the stretch? Had another double tonight. Um, I was actually at the Yankee game a few weeks ago uh, versus the Royals with uh, Ross. Uh, the uh, He's from Kansas City, so a Royals fan, and is obviously a fan of Michael Massey since he went to Illinois as well, and we saw him homer there. Um, I think... He talked about a swing change, um, not necessarily a swing change, but um, like just a, a methodology change where he was just trying to like drive the ball back over the middle, like the old cliche, um, and then you know let the power come from that, and it's it's really worked. Um, like you said, it's been just pretty unlucky as far as uh, his batting average and his OPS would be much, much higher considering he has the six home runs over the last 30 days. Um, but uh, our boy, this is another uh, theme of this episode. Mike Curlin has been basically tweeting about throughout the day. He did not have access to this rundown. He hasn't been a guest on the show. We'll, we'll, we'll have to invite him, but I was like every name that I put on the rundown, he would like put out a, a breakdown. Oh, he's, of, he's all over. He's it all over. It. I'm like it. everyone that we're taught, want to talk about tonight. He's breaking down and he had a great tweet about Michael Massey and the breakdown about how his, you know, strikeout and walk rate are much improved. The contact rate is way up. Um, 
and yeah, he's basically just been getting unlucky with bad ball, uh, balls in play, but he is really, really hitting the ball hard and becoming like, you can kind of see the Royals infield of the future forming with Bobby Witt, obviously. Another guy we talked about a bunch, Michael Garcia, and now Michael Massey, um, who's put together a really, really strong month here and should be on your radar um, and definitely is someone that could help you in an in, in MI or even in a, you know the, the second base spot if you need it there. Um, I like Massey a lot and think that he could be uh, a good contributor down the stretch here. Yeah, on the uh, the Christian Mack IPA ideal plate appearance on, on pitcher list that counts barrels, solid, flare and burners, divided by the total plate appearances, uh, Michael Massey is 36th in the league on the season for IPA. So he kind of does, you know, the ball player things well, and it might not light up on, on some of the traditional metrics. But yeah, there's there's definitely a good player in there, and he's just 25 years old, so... Yeah, that's a, a good deeper shout there for Massey. And an added bonus that I don't think we've mentioned is he's hitting third in the order. So, you know, you should for, you know, despite the Royals being kind of a tough lineup context traditionally, should get some decent volume and hopefully some good counting stats with the runs and RBIs for Massey. So let's jump over to Bryce Terang. Uh, it feels like a lifetime ago at the start of the season, Steve, where he was kind of a a fab priority for a lot of people and it completely tanked after that and had some some pretty rough month over month uh splits but it's looking like he's riding the ship in the uh past couple weeks he's at a 359 average with a 982 OPS and hit two of his six home runs on the season he also has three steals in that time Terang's going to run a little bit with the Brewers and he's got 14 steals on the season so you can you can count on him being kind of a plus middle infielder in terms of speed, but it's looked so bad with the average uh, on the season. He's just hitting two twenty one, uh, but that's looked a lot better recently. So Terang eleven percent rostered in Yahoo, forty percent on fan tracks. Uh, what are your thoughts overall on uh, on Terang here? I, I think it's a, a good volume play for speed. Um, and you know a stretch like this, maybe a little bit of power, some good average, um, eight fifteen OPS over the last thirty days. Um, I mean, no, that doesn't isn't amazing, but for the Brewers, like they're desperate for any sort of offense, um, so that's going to play for them. Um, for him too, I think his yeah. OPS on the season is probably like six twenty or something. He's also an amazing fielder, so that should keep him in the lineup. Um, so yeah, I, it's. I don't know if I'm as interested as Michael Massey, but um, you know, Terang was was a good prospect, and people were very interested in him. I think he had what a really really good spring, um, if I remember yeah, correctly. Good spring, and I but, think like the first three or four games. Yeah, I remember yeah. One of those, I think he hit a grand yeah, slam, was, right, right, uh, something like I that. I think so. Um, so it, it, it's interesting, and you know, sometimes this is how like a. a prospects profile works right like they have a little bit of success league adjusts they have to adjust back um, and that could be what we're seeing here with Terang. yeah I, I dropped in in the rundown too on his uh picture list on the rolling charts app which is great got to check it out on the website uh so his, his contact ability and power ability is 
no getting around it. It's below average. He's kind of just a slap hitter and needs to improve there. But his decision value, which kind of focuses on like, is he swinging at the right pitches? Is he taking the right pitches? His rolling average kind of throughout the season has been, you know, barely above MLB average. Uh, but in the past, like 150 uh, plate appearances or pitches, I should say, it's been 90th percentile in the league. So he's definitely, uh, I guess you could say, developing his eye at the plate, which is what you want uh, to kind of make the most of what little power and contact he has. So that's probably feeding into the 15 walks in the past 30 games. So maybe just a note, if you're in like a points league or an OBP or walks league, uh, Terang definitely is doing something different in, in the past, uh, you know, past month or so. So that's that's Bryce Terang. Uh, moving along to another middle infield option, J.P. Crawford is a guy who we've talked about recently. I have an affinity as well as all the Mariners fans because he's on my uh, Raz Slam uh, league, Steve, that is, is still up in the mix for the overall. And Crawford is just, he's a quiet contributor. He's probably a guy who's a better real-life player when you look at Perfect for a ranks. format like that, though, just right? Tons of at-bats, like consistent, decent average, high floor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great volume. But, I mean, he's putting together a season in general. Um, you know, it's not anything that lights up on a 5x5 five five league, but, you know, hitting 268, uh, he's got 63 runs on the season. But in the past two weeks, he's got a 325 average with a 1041 OPS. Uh, in the past month, he's hitting 318. So, J.P. Crawford is definitely on a hot streak that's kind of fueling the Mariners' run. Uh just 19% rostered for a guy who plays that often. And in, in addition to kind of the volume, he's also leading off every day for the Mariners. So talk to me about the actual skill set. Do we think there's some untapped, untapped potential here? This, um, the, the roster ship uh, spread between Yahoo and Fantrax, 19% Yahoo and 69% Fantrax, like tells you exactly everything you need to know about like the type of fantasy contributor that Crawford is like he is not going to be rostered in like those daily Yahoo 12 team leagues with just one shortstop but in the anything deeper with the MI like he is perfect for that like you put him in your MI and you forget him all year um another Mike Curlin tweet another one um since he was moved to leadoff on 624 so it's 177 plate appearance appearances in the leadoff spot so not a small sample almost like a third of the year um, he has six home runs, is slashing 315, 434, 524. So, like, you know, an 858 OPS, like, from J.P. Crawford. Like, that's, that's nuts. nuts. Um, he, you know, a lot of that is his walk rate. He's walking 16.4% of the time in that span. 18.6% um, strikeout rate, which is good. And he's not, like, just pounding the ball into the ground. It's just the 38.7% um K rate. The only issue is that he's just not running. Like I don't think he has a steal on the year. Maybe he has one, um, which is kind of mm-hmm. disappointing for for that profile. Um, you'd hope he would at least get to like close to double digits, but that doesn't seem to be happening. But hey, I'll, I'll take the um, you know the mid eight hundreds OPS over uh, the last hundred seventy seven plate appearances for J P Crawford. That is a, a sneaky good value. 
Yep. Another one that's, I would say, a point league specialist because he's got 68 walks on the year and just 85 strikeouts. So you almost you, you wish many. you would yeah. run with that on base skills, right? Like you, and what's his like sprint speed? Like, uh, I don't yeah, think it's like a good question. Slow. He, right. He's only got one steal in the year, like you said. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question. And he's also not, what is he? Probably like 28 years old. I'm trying to pull it up here. Savano always takes a second. Yeah, he's 28. Great call. Um, sprint sprint speed 38th percentile. Oh, wow. That is, that is shocking. I did not think he – maybe it's just, you know, a smaller slap hitter. I mean, small. He's 6'2". Um, yeah, but in 2018, yeah. 2019, it was like 70th, 75th percentile. So, yeah. like, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, 61st in 2021. But the last two years, it's been been down there. But yeah, you're he, right because if he be added fast. that to his game, it's almost yeah, like a yeah. prime Colton Wong type of thing or something. Yeah. Uh, no, I like. I mean, he's it. had. He's never had. What do you think the career high? He's never had more than six six stolen bases in, in his career. That's, Are you looking at it? Yeah, that's crazy. Never more. Okay, than six. yeah, I was, I was gonna guess. I would I would have thought more for Tw- sure. Twenty one. Yeah, you're, you're not Four thirty five in his career. So not great. Yeah, that's not something that really grows over time either. So, eh, he's a glue guy though. Like you said, it's like if it's an MI or a best ball, and you just need somebody that's going to be solid. Crawford is your guy. So we've got a few more hitters that are a little bit more uh, boom bust that could help you down the stretch. But we're going to take our second ad break, and we'll be right back. All right. So Steve, we got a fun one here with Davis Schneider. This was definitely a name that. I kind of double took at and I was like, I don't think I've ever heard of this guy. How is he on the Blue Jays? And yeah, he was a 849th uh, draft pick overall, which is in a round that no longer exists. Most have probably heard the story by now because he was a story over the weekend. Uh, hit the homer on his debut, first debut ever or first rookie ever with nine hits and two homers in his first three games. Uh, Davis Schneider then got moved up to hit third for the Blue Jays, which this was just like a Linsanity type of uh, opening start for Schneider. Uh, then he had an 0 for 4, a night off. And tonight, I know he had two walks earlier. Let's see if he's done anything since. Uh, looks like 0 for 2 with two walks and a strikeout. So he's definitely coming back to to earth, but... What do we think of Davis Schneider? I mean, I, I, I got to say, when I looked at his minor league numbers, I was kind of impressed, to be honest, with, with kind of the the profile for being such a deep name. Yeah, uh, at least this year it's been like a like a pretty impressive breakout. Um, a 969 OPS, 140 WRC+, plus, 21 homers, 9 steals in 87 games at AAA for um, Toronto. Um is is no joke. I mean, it's just also crazy. Like this guy has so many minor league at bats dating back to 2017. So it's just a great story all around. Like you love to see a guy get a chance at his age. What uh, twenty? He, wow, crazy. He must have been drafted right out of high school. He's only 24, 24 and a half. Uh, has been in the minors since 2017. Yeah. It so, seems like that's too early to dub him like a quad A guy. Yeah, it yeah. Kind of so has that vibe. Maybe it's even more, um, more um, impressive. Like, right? There's been 
a really good improvement in K rate uh, this year. He's always been able to take a walk, but he's always been like a 30% strikeout guy. Um, he was down to 22% in the minors this year, just 21% in the 17 at-bats, uh, 19 plate appearances so far. I think that's was heading into tonight. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting profile for sure. It's definitely something to at least ride the hot streak. And, hey, you know, we've seen these guys have later breakouts and been discounted before because there's such a extensive meh minor league track record um that mm-hmm. you don't buy into the the most recent change and the most recent change in triple a has been a really really good hitter i don't know if there's speed that'll translate but it looks like the power could and has so far yeah i'm trying to think like it, it, maybe like a 250 guy the power as long as he gets the opportunity, I think he's got some decent pop. Uh, yeah, it, in 2022, for those wondering, so not this year, he actually played across three levels, high A, double A, and triple A, and had 16 homers, 17 steals, and 113 games. So pretty productive. I mean, granted, that's some lower level stuff in there. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's like a Brandon Drury comp in terms of like... I think that's a good a, call, yeah. Kind of average uh, on the... The hit tool, a little bit of pop, uh, probably not speed that you can count on and, and someone that you could maybe plug in at middle infield. So that's Schneider. We'll see if uh, kind of the the fairy tale continues. And I don't know in, term, what, in terms of opportunity, that's the other question is what's going on with that? I guess they like spelled in Cavan Biggio, but was there an injury that led or a trade that led to this? Just trying to look. Oh, Kevin Kiermeyer's been on the bench. Uh, he just he just so went just to he just went to the IL. Um, That's Kiermaier. right. That's I don't right. know what the corresponding move was um, for him, but because uh, I think Kiermeyer went on after he was called up, uh, but it could have been one of those things where he was banged up. Um, yeah, uh, they didn't want to put him on the IL right away, and then did, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great lineup to be a part of, right? Even if it's not the, um... Oh, was it Bichette? Maybe Bichette going on the I.O.? Um, Vlad or anything, but it's still a good lineup. But, uh, Bo Bichette went on the I.O. with a a knee injury, too. I think that was what the corresponding move was for Schneider a few days ago. So, um, it looks like he's making progress, but if he hits, like, the Blue Jays are in the thick of a wildcard race... They're going to need to play the guys that are hitting. So um, could be some opportunity there for, for Schneider, even longer than uh, IL stints for a, a few of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned there. And then moving over to another up-and-comer, Matt Walner uh, for the Minnesota Twins. I believe, did he? Yeah, he got called back up mid-July. Uh, and yeah, it's looked good as of late, uh, the past couple weeks, at least from a power standpoint, five homers in the last two weeks at 969 OPS. Uh, the average is a bit lower, a bit of a kind of a bopper with, uh, some strikeouts in the profile, but, uh, talk to me about Walner, Steve, 11% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, what do we think of the twins outfielder here? This guy barrels up the baseball. Like that's kind of what he does. And it might be like a better Jake Berger type of profile like i don't know if he's going to strike out as much as burger does um it's still not great it's close to 30 percent but 
um, able to take a walk, uh, barrel rate in, you know, the 300 and, or the 56 bad ball events that he's have, uh, 18%, um, 9.9 if you do it per pay, plate appearance, so to, to bring in some of that place discipline. Um, it's still pretty good, despite the fact that he strikes out that much. Has a great max exit velocity. Like, there's no question that the power is there with Walner and in any league where you need homers, um, I am going to scramble to the wire to, to add Walner, uh, even in like 12 or 12 team leagues. Like this guy could just Homer on any given night, like whenever he's playing. So, um, and yeah, maybe he's not like the sub 200 Schwarber Muncy, um, Jake Berger profile. Um, I know Schwarber and Muncy are, are, are much better players and just having, you know, off years as far as BABIP and stuff. But um, I think there's a higher average floor uh, is kind of what I'm saying for for uh, for Walner um, than other guys. But, um, yeah, there, there's still going to be some issues with, with swinging this for him, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Kerry Carpenter is still pretty under-rostered for how hot he's been. I was kind of curious, those guys side-by-side. Side. I guess you're getting a little more pop with Walner, just a little bit. Maybe, Carpenter, yeah. Carpenter's got some good pop, too, but I think maybe a little bit better K-rate for, for Carpenter, maybe a little better plate plate discipline. Um, yeah. But. Man, surprised he's just 7% rostered for for him. Yeah, he, I mean, he. I know he's not on the rundown, but. Still hitting 300 with an 846 OPS in the past month, and he's 7% rostered that, in Yahoo that's, League. So. That's Carpenter or, or Walner? That's Kerry Carpenter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I so. think I'd rather have Kerry Carpenter, right? I think he plays a little more often, usually yeah. hits higher in the order. So, yeah, I think of the two, uh, I, I would prefer Carpenter. Uh, but I would prefer this next guy over both of them. It's Nolan Jones, who we talked about two weeks ago on the Is It Legit? Uh, hitter edition and we very much thought it was one of our favorite ones and in the two weeks since then it's continued to look great he's got a couple homers in that time at 306 average 937 ops in the past two weeks uh 14 barrel rate on the season and yeah in in just 58 games has 11 homers seven steals hitting 280 so i know we just talked about him steve uh so we probably don't need to spend a ton of time but is this just kind of cementing the fact that Nolan Jones is uh, not only a threat, but a threat in Coors and needs to be rostered more than in 22% of Yahoo leagues? I think so. There's some K concerns, but I think uh, he has the power and speed to overcome that. Um, and there was also issues with the Rockies being the Rockies and like not playing him versus lefties. When, like his, I know it's a small sample, but his numbers have been very good versus lefties. I think he had two home runs on... Tuesday, and that was with a lefty starter. I don't know if they're both off a lefty, but um, it was a game where he started versus a lefty. So um, now that the trade deadline is coming on, like the Rockies just seemingly are playing him every day and should. Um, I think that uh, it's only going to be a better from here. Um, sure, there there's probably will be some average regression with striking out that much, but. I think we said it in the Is It Legit episode, like, what better place to buoy your BABIP uh, than Coors to fight uh, an elevated carry rate. So um, I like Nolan Jones a lot. I was able to just add him in my home league, too. Uh, 
actually this week, which was nice. So um, I, I think that all systems are go for Jones, and I definitely like him the most out of, out of those three guys. I would agree. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, so you got some extra bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 and older or 19 and older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in the state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. All right, Steve, we're rounding out with a couple catchers here. And Freddie Furman on the Royals has been really hot as of late. And honestly, the whole season, he's now kind of playing alongside uh, our boy there with... um, Blank, completely blanking on the Salvi. catcher. Salvi. Salvi Perez. And, yeah, he's been playing with Salvi, either getting at first base or DHing. And, yeah, this Freddie Furman on the season has an 872 OPS and a 305 batting average just in 50 games. But what's impressive to me, Steve, is that it's been against lefties and righties. So it's not like a big platoon guy. The barrel rate's 12%. Uh, is Freddie Furman a legit two catcher league option the rest of the way? I think so. I think he is uh, a really, really good bat, and rest of the way, I think he's going to be a catcher target of mine, depending on like what the playing situation is for Kansas City next year. Um, he seems like a, a really, really nice bat. Um, he homered again tonight. Um, I think that Ooh. gives him nine on the year in what uh, fifty what 51 games now that's that's uh-huh. pretty pretty impressive um like you know i always know i i tell myself i'm going to um try to uh invest hot in a catcher and not have to worry about it but there are some Im- 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 impressive profiles um i like him and logan ohapi next year i think they're two deep sleeper catchers um and Furman. Now, if you need the help, like I know, uh, Salvi is Salvi's playing. I know he was banged up, but he but he's playing. Um, but still, um, I think that there is some good opportunity in like in two catcher leagues. Like you could always use uh, an improvement if you haven't invested like in two top end catchers, right? Like I know uh, this guy and the next guy that we'll talk about are two guys that you want to consider that are out there and. In a lot of leagues like NFBC, um, I saw that they're still out there this week. Um, so I like Furman a lot and think that he is a good catcher for this year and, and, and going forward. Yeah, this is the time of year when we were once talking about Jonah Heim. And, uh, yeah, I think Freddie Furman could be our, our next one there, Steve. I like that uh, 
Yeah, they, just a 21.6% strikeout rate is not terrible with the pop that he provides. And, yeah, the hit tool looks pretty good, too. So I like it for Furman. And then moving over to the other catcher, it's Ryan Jeffers, who with the, the Brewers is splitting time with – or I'm sorry, with the Twins, Twins is splitting time with Christian Vasquez. But the playing time is really ramped up in the past month. He has a 391 average with a 1233 OPS, five homers in that time, and three steals. So Jeffers, uh, he's hit as high as fifth in the order. Does not play every day. He's he's splitting time. So Furman has played in eight of his last ten games. Uh, Jeffers is playing more like two out of every three games. Uh, but he's definitely on a hot streak. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jeffers, Steve? Yeah, uh, another guy that like talked about changing some mechanics and trying to step into more power. And we've seen power stretches like this from him before, but another guy that I think is a great option, especially in, in two catcher leagues. Um, you know, uh, the the power is definitely there. Um, I don't know if he's going to hit close to four hundred like he has over the last month, but is definitely an right. option. If you have a guy like, I don't know, like I would rather have both these guys than like Yasmani Grandal, who I know is like a popular 2C in a lot of leagues. So um, there's definitely guys that um, I could see rostering, uh, wanting to drop in favor of these two guys is essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, barrel rate's a little bit better for Jeffers. Um, Yeah, the hit tool's not as good. He strikes out a bit more. But, yeah, some of these homers are complete no-doubters. So I think uh, it's a good one here. And, yeah, Jeffers, much different-looking catchers. Jeffers is 6'4", 235, and Freddie Furman is 5'9". So, yeah, oh, I love that. seven yeah, inches of difference there. Catcher, yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah, me too. It's great. So, yeah, that's those are both two good catcher options. Just some, some add-ins, some honorable mentions. Like we mentioned, Kerry Carpenter still very much under-rostered and, and can help a lot of teams. Uh, Drew Waters is another one that's that's shown some flashes for the Royals. Alec Burleson uh, is getting a little bit more time uh, against righties, at least, for the Cardinals and has looked really good. And Brandon Belt as well is kind of a, a staple uh, with that lineup as well in Toronto. Brandon Belt's been looking good as of late. Uh, Steve, to, to kind of round out, I know we're, we're, the hour is up, but this time of year is also an opportunity for some of the rookies to, to get a cup of coffee, and a lot of times that can have the most upside compared to what's on the wire. Uh, who are some names you want to kind of highlight from potential rookie stashes the rest of the way? We saw it last year with um, Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll, and both of those guys were like, decent i think carol had like four home runs and two steals or something like that um so they were helpful players and i know a lot of teams at this point now want to wait to like that beginning of september period so that the players still have rookie eligibility for next year like Mm -hmm. and then they're awarded the the draft pick if they win rookie of the year yeah they'll do like what's happening with 40 man yeah 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 um like that they call them up on the day where they cannot accumulate enough at-bats to exceed their rookie um, eligibility. Um, So it might be a few weeks, but there's some really, really interesting hitters here. Um, And pitchers, too, um, that I think are worth, like, minor stashes if you have them or if you're able to 
you know, in an FBC league, if you have a stash spot or, 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 or other leagues like that, if you have a good lead and, and want to save something for the playoffs or something like that. Uh, Jackson Holiday has just been absolutely amazing for Baltimore and the team that's, that's in it. Um, I could see them calling him up for like a, a, a reinforcement. Uh, I know Adam Frazier has been like pretty good. Has uh, actually been a you know a deeper league, relevant and, and have good numbers. But Jackson Holiday could be a lot better than Adam Frazier. Uh, they still have Jorge Mateo on that roster, who despite his amazing April, he's been absolutely horrible ever since. Uh, so th- there is some. You could talk yourself into Jackson Holiday being on the Orioles uh, sooner rather than later. Um, another guy, and then I'll, I'll kick it to you, but Jackson Churio has just been absolutely insane. Uh, after a slow start, slow-ish start, um, when he was promoted to double-A uh, in the middle of the year, but like he has just been, I, I think, maybe even better than, than Holiday, and that's Holiday's had a 950 OPS uh, at double A since he's been called up and Trio has just been basically hitting a homer like every night. So, um, again, a team that is absolutely starved for offense. Like I'm surprised he's not up already. Maybe they're just waiting for that September, but, um, the Brewers need every bit of offense that they can get. So I wouldn't be surprised if Trio was up sooner rather than later. Like you see these guys, they're both at double A, but it happens mm-hmm. more often than not more often than it did in the past that guys are now promoted straight from double A to, to the majors. Like once you're at double A, like you could be called up in my mind. Yeah, especially as hot as as they've been. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Holiday's got some serious pop uh from the left side there, so I love that name. Uh yeah, I mean the the Homer call with the Cardinal Mason win, uh with Donovan out for the rest of the season and DeYoung getting moved at the deadline. Right now they have Tommy Edmund at shortstop, but honestly like Jordan Walker been struggling. I think that, you know, with the Cardinals pretty much out of the picture, they're probably going to get win up right around September to to give the fans something and he, give win the cup of coffee. He's been on fire a lately. Quick note on him: he did just go to the minor league IL with, the, or I don't know if he actually was moved to the IL, but he had like a minor glute strain. Like it seems very very minor. Um, cautionary i think they did move in the il but there isn't like a where i for when i would have thought that his call-up could happen like any day now um maybe that that might just put that on a little a bit of hold um just because he has been so good um but i wouldn't be surprised like i i would think win is definitely up in september like the latest yeah the the defense is phenomenal uh, and that's a bummer. I did not see. Oh, so he got pulled a couple nights ago. I don't know. Is there a report on it, Steve, of like how bad it is? I'm not seeing that anywhere. I, I haven't. Uh, um, it, it was on Rates and Barrels that they were talking about it on their prospect episode that he did get hurt. Um, and I think there was a tweet posted in the Discord um, about it as well. Okay. Yeah, so he so that's on hold. But, yeah, he's been on fire. In July, uh, 359 average, uh, the OPS was well over 1100 um and yeah that like a few nights ago right before the injury homered and reached five times uh in memphis for for mason win so that's a really good one at shortstop for the cardinals that i think we'll see as soon as he's healthy and and probably in september he's part of the uh, story that you're telling yourself for the cardinals for their quick turnaround next year right like 
a good oh, Mason yeah. win, it, like a growth from from Walker, who's I know has been struggling, but I think it's still been like a pretty impressive overall rookie year. And then oh yeah, Under the the, the pitching class for free agents is just super impressive. So, you know, we've seen teams buy pitching staffs, and like the Cardinals are obviously desperate for pitching. So, um, I could yeah. see them dipping their toe there having a turnaround yeah yeah they're 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 definitely keeping arenado and 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 goldie it's it's a it's a one year down and and back right up in the mix so yeah that's at least what i'm telling myself uh jumping over to save steve i know we've got a a short list here uh kyle finnegan for the nationals i know people thought that he was going to move around the deadline but him staying and he's been really playing or throwing kind of as well as he ever has uh and is putting together a nice season line uh, so I think that's a really good one. And then Trevor May, I believe, has been bagging saves out in Oakland, right? Um, and that's one that is yep, available, at least in, in some of my yeah, league. Yeah, got another okay, one Okay, so yeah, he's he is on a hot streak now with, uh, what, maybe like three or four saves in the past week. Uh, so yeah, that's Trevor May. Anybody else you wanted to highlight as kind of uh, cheap desperation save ads? Yeah, a few names. Gregory Santos in... Chicago uh, on the White Sox uh, has really good stuff. Picked up a few saves, was on the bereavement list over the weekend, so um, I don't think he has the White Sox most recent save, but he was activated, I believe, Wednesday or today as we record this. And Santos has some decent stuff and some K upside and has been pretty good and secured a few saves after um, Graven was traded and it was announced that uh, Liam Hendricks uh, underwent to- or is undergoing Tommy John surgery, so. There should be some leeway there. And the White Sox are bad, but they're not, like, horrible, horrible. There are still some save opportunities there. Uh, a few other guys, Dominic Leone in in, um, in, Los, a- in Los Angeles of Anaheim. Um, the closer there, it's, it's uh, Carlos Estevez has been absolutely horrible. Uh, I think mm-hmm. since, like, the trade deadline, he's blown, like, the last three saves and given up like 10 runs or something like that after not blowing a save all year. Um, so Dominic Leone got a save last night on Tuesday. Um, it, he did give up a two-run homer, I believe, too. Um, but uh, he got the most recent save for the Angels, so just something to keep an eye on. And then Matt Brash um, might be more ancillary saves. They have... Um, Munoz, right? Munoz there, who's absolutely filthy in his own right. Um, but Brash has been insane, like has an amazing caper nine and should be second in line. And who knows, maybe they, they just mix things up to, to get both of them saves uh, uh, in Seattle. They, they've been a team that has you know used leverage roles and things like that. But Brash is so good that maybe he's the, the first guy to, to get uh, leverage there. Uh, I wonder if they move him back into a starter role just because he's been so so good uh, but who knows uh, they tried it out looked good for like the first two starts in 2022 uh, if you remember that but uh, he's oh, been yeah. great yeah. in the bullpen and could be an ancillary save option yeah he got a save a few nights ago and a couple wins as well that he vultured so yeah the Mariners are hot so that's that's a good one but Munoz is yeah, he's the must-add, yes, but I'm yes. pretty sure he's gone. And yeah, he was gone as soon as that trade went down where they traded Seawold. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, that rounds us out for episode 112. Uh, as always, appreciate you guys tuning in, especially during the grind, just scratching and clawing out there. Good luck to all your teams. Uh, Steve, good luck to you as well if you are 
still in the hunt. Uh, I am in third in my home league, and unfortunately, it's I'm starting to feel that quote-unquote relief that you talked about where it's like I'm starting to accept that uh, I'm not expecting a, a title here. It would just be a nice bonus if my team got hot. But what are you going to do? You know, you, you, you get the injury bug at the wrong time. You kind of got to throw your hands up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's never too late. You know, I know I'm, I sound like the idiot now uh, complaining about how bad my team was and now I'm back in it. But it, it's tight in my own league. There's like three teams tied for third within like the live standings right now. I'm one of them, so... Uh, it, it, things change quickly. Uh, so, yeah, I got a few trade deadlines coming up, which is fun. Um, still battling in, in that turf league. I was first yesterday, back down the third today. So, really would like to bring home that title because there's a, a bunch of other analysts in that that whole Earth Universe uh, fantasy league. So, that would be cool. Uh, but, been in that mix basically all season. Have Trevor May there, so picked up a save today, and that that's there you that's go. helpful. There you yeah, go. Helpful. It all counts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. I'll actually be on with Adam Howe this weekend nice. on awesome. on the wire awesome. this Saturday, and we should have a guest so you guys lined up for next week too. So you'll see. You'll see. Got action. Yeah. Tune into uh, on the wire. That's awesome, man. I'll be uh, definitely listening as I usually do, but always exciting when you when you're on there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, thanks for talking baseball with us. Thanks, guys. Later.